Praise God. It's just really amazing. And I want to say this. I re- I'm really thankful what the Lord has done for Charlie. Praise God. It's just, the Lord has just done so much. You see, how many of you have seen his driver's license? He's got a Texas driver's license. And he was showing, you know, he came up here and I asked him if he had a driver's license. I said, yeah, Texas. So I don't know why. I said, let me see him. And I didn't recognize his picture. <clears throat> but uh, he came home from the barbershop today and and I, I told him, I said, now you and Steve both part your hair down the middle. And, uh, <clears throat> I said, it's just your part's a lot wider than Steve's. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> but I looked at his driver's license after he got his first haircut and I told him, I said, you know, the Lord was really great. He just uh, found you. He had to wade through a weed patch to find you, but he found you, you know. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. But the Lord is just so good, isn't he? It really is. And to see what the Lord's doing for, for Marjorie. Praise God. Just uh, good to see her here every service, on fire, praising the Lord. Now that's just fantastic, isn't it? Praise God. And so many people today are wanting the Lord. We showed a film some time back, and it entailed a message, and the message or the theme of it was on-the-job training. Some time ago, Brother Manley informed me that he had read the book concerning this particular church down in Florida. But at that time, I don't... Remember, but I think he told me he wasn't for sure where the church was. Then when he saw this, of course it was a Presbyterian church, he said, Now, that uh, is the church that that, uh, I made reference to some time ago. Now we want to talk a little bit about on-the-job training, and the reason why is because we do, in the very near future, want to start some on-the-job training. Now the reason why... That we showed the film is because it, it fit a particular need that we had. And, of course, I ordered this film because I had been given for some time some thought relative to this. Now, what do we mean on the job training? We're just simply saying that that you can't always just read something out of a book, whether it be the Bible or any other book, and just go out and do it. You need somebody to help you, and you need some some assistance. I think a typical example of that would be our choir. Uh, most of you are acquainted uh, with the choir practices that we have. Now, quite frankly, uh, I wouldn't care too much about listening to a choir if the choir director just got up there and told them how it was to be sung and did not give them the opportunity to do it and the opportunity even to make some mistakes. But you see, they are actually given the opportunity to practice or to sing the song and try their voices and such before we allow them to uh, let it be a blessing to us. And I'm sure that you're all uh, thankful for that. As good as these brethren are who play the trumpets here, they have had many hours of blowing that trumpet. 
Now, it's hard to feature that there was a time when they were hitting one note at a time and really weren't for sure about that because they make such a beautiful noise with that trumpet. And the sound that comes out is so melodious and, and so great. But uh, somebody had to tell them. Somebody had to show them. In an area in which uh, I feel that we have need of here at Calvary Gospel Churches is on-the-job training. I feel that that's something that's very important. Now, everything that we'll be talking about here <clears throat> is not specifically... Uh, under the theme of on-the-job training, but uh, I felt that we should put it in this particular uh, message tonight. Now, this is not a Bible study. We'll be making reference to scriptures and such. But uh, I had to take this particular time. The search for truth or exploring God's Word is something that we want right away to get involved in with you. Why? Because we feel that we have a lot more studies going than uh, what we have, uh, maybe I should rephrase it. We feel that we're not getting the productivity from the number of studies that we could. Now certainly <clears throat> to be willing to go teach Search for Truth or any Bible study, whether it's exploring God's Word or Search for Truth, is a commendable thing. And there's no way that you're going to be able to become an expert when you first teach it. But if you can avoid some pitfalls, or perhaps if somebody can tell you uh, a way in which it can be done that's very productive, then uh, you're interested in learning. Now, Brother O'Neill will be taking... Uh, sometime next Thursday night, talking to you right from the chart. And uh, we had intended to break up into some classes, but we got so many people teaching Search for Truth that I thought it would be good for us to uh, go right ahead and teach it to the uh, entire congregation. Now, the last time I checked, we had about 50 Search for Truth classes going. We don't have that many now because, you know, every now and then you'll have five or six that'll finish during the course of a week. Maybe we don't start any new ones. As I said before, I don't believe that Search for Truth ought to be taught by everybody. I think that it ought to be taught by everybody who'd like to teach it and who feels they should. I personally believe that everybody needs to be a soul winner. But a teacher, now that's something different altogether. Now, uh, we are, as I say, we are starting more and more and more classes. But uh, you're really better off to teach one search for truth and be real productive than you are to have four or five going and not win anybody the Lord. And sometimes uh, <clears throat> there's just a few things that you can do that will make you successful. There is a fine line sometimes between success and failure. That is as far as what you do. Now, the outcome, the fruit, the increase, naturally there is, there's a vast difference. But uh, a lot of times a person can be doing just one or two little things wrong or maybe not doing enough. And this is where we really want to talk to you. Now, when we say on-the-job training, naturally when Brother O'Neill speaks to you here, that's not what we call on-the-job training. 
So we do want to spend some time teaching right with some of you. Now, I don't know how I'm going to be able to work a few things in my schedule that I want to work in my schedule. Sister Grant and I were visiting with June Franklin. Some of you are familiar with uh, that name. We baptized June and her daughter Lynette. They go to to uh, Verona to a Baptist church. But we baptized them Christmas night. And June happens to be the sister to Brother William Smith, who is our pastor in Marion, Indiana. Well, we were over at their house last Tuesday evening, and, and they have really opened their house up to us to teach Search for Truth along with some of their friends who are involved in a Bible study in their church. Now, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Now, more and more and more we're finding people just opening up. I want to know the Word of God. You know, can I know the Word of God? You know, and this type of thing. Uh, is it possible to really know what's right and what's wrong? Well, with this quest that people have for truth, you know, we're going to have to just, just give it our best. We've got to win as many people as we can before the Lord comes back. Now, there are a few things that Brother O'Neill will be talking to you about next Thursday evening. I've gone over these with him. The first thing is, I say the first thing, I don't know that they'll be in this order. But I have found in teaching the Bible, you need to teach the doctrine of sin. When we say the doctrine of sin, that sin brings condemnation and guilt. That sin separates you from God. Now, I'm not going to go in to depth in this, this, but because Brother O'Neill will. But, you know, the problem with most Americans, they don't fear God. They just don't have a fear for God. And unless the doctrine of sin is taught properly, uh, their experience will not be accompanied by the proper fear and respect of the Lord that they need. Everybody needs to know, the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. And then, of course, the doctrine of salvation. Well, I don't think there's a question about it. Uh, people at Calvary Gospel Church know what they need to do to be saved. Can you say praise the Lord for that? Lord. If you go to a lot of churches and you ask them, what must I do to be saved? Some of them can't tell you. I have personally talked with pastors that told me uh, that they did not know what they had to do to be saved. What do you have to do to be saved? I've had pastors to tell me, I'm not really for sure. Now that's sad. But we need to stress the doctrine of salvation because you won't get people saved without it. And then, of course, we want to talk about winning a person to yourself, then winning a person to God. If people don't like you, they probably won't like your church. If people don't like you, they won't like your God or your message. So we want to talk about that. And then we want to talk about praying a soul through to the Holy Ghost. I use this terminology because that's the terminology we use. I mean, how can you just see somebody in the home and, and actually pray them through by yourself to the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You may say, well, I've never done that. Well, it's a, it's a very exciting experience. 
I've had the privilege of praying, praying, personally praying, some people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost when there was nobody there but just me and the person I was praying for. Now that is a, that's a real experience indeed. While it's something that will not take place every day of your life, it's something you need to know how to do. So we're going to be talking about this. Brother O'Neill will be taking his time. If in the event we don't cover all of this in one night, well then, so what? We'll take it up the next time we meet or whenever it's appropriate. And then, of course, the doctrine of holiness. And here's something that I feel is very, very important. You have to understand that the people who have carnal minds that are not saved will not understand outer holiness. Why? Because the Bible says the carnal mind is at enmity with God. And the Bible says that only a spiritual mind can know the things of the Spirit because they're spiritually discerned. And so there are certain people who cannot understand. And I use the word cannot because that's vernacular used in 1 Corinthians 2. There's no possible way that you can explain certain things to certain groups of people and get them to understand it. So you need to avoid that. However, there is a proper way in which you can open up a channel in their mind that if they're eager to learn and eager to know about God, that you can lead them right into this area of perfection. So we'll be talking about that. Now, I personally think exploring God's Word has a much better lesson on holiness than search for truth. But you who have been teaching search for truth for a good number of years, we're not going to ask you to change. I personally like certain things about search for truth over exploring God's Word. So whichever one you're teaching, though, we want to talk to you about this. And then, of course, we will have some questions and answers uh, question and answer sessions, kind of an open forum type thing where we'll just be talking about it and, and so forth. Now, do you know, can, you who teach Search for Truth, do we have anyone here who'd like to make a suggestion? Maybe something that you have personally seen or personally been involved in something that maybe you're a little bit weak in that you feel we need to cover. How many of you have taught Search for Truth? Oh, we got a lot of hands here. Scads of people have taught it. And uh, that's great. But do we have anybody here who has a particular... Okay, Brother Brian, write this down, Brother O'Neill, if you would. All right, okay. Now, we will also be uh, involved in soul winning classes, and and here we will be talking about a good number of, of things. I think this is so important. If you're teaching a good number of people uh, how to handle certain things, you can have five or six people are hungry for God and one person can spoil it. So you've got to know how to control when you teach. That is, that's very, very important. At the same time, not turn everybody off. You know, you could look at a guy. There's a couple of ways you could get him to shut up if you wanted to. You could just say, would you please leave? Or would you, you could say, now you're spoiling this, just please be quiet until I finish. But uh, you know if you, if you take that approach, you, you probably wouldn't have anybody to teach. See? So we'll be getting into that. So Brother O'Neill is writing that down. Okay, any other thing? Brother John? Family were one, one of the 
All right, where one member of the family is interested and the other one isn't. All right, where the spouse is not interested. Okay, any other things that we that you personally run against over and over and over? Now, you're going to naturally, every little thing you do as far as teaching, every person, they're going to be different. You're going to run across certain things that are different. Okay, Brother uh, Kingsley. All right, now this is, this is going to come about really just by the teaching itself. This is the reason why I've outlined this. Uh, I have personally taught some people that said they didn't believe in God that uh, two or three lessons later they were praying and already received the Holy Ghost, you know. So, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Okay, Sister Sharon. Okay, you can write this down, but uh, uh, you're going to have this problem. uh, You you, you can't stop this kind of thing because you have no control over other people. And, of course, uh, basically, I'll just add this because it's going to be a while before we get it. You have to cover things in such a way that that you don't reflect against their church altogether or their pastor or whatever. But uh, to preach a positive message simply means that you preach it and you erase so many questions that they may have. And there's certain things that if you teach and get experience that you can you can answer that you know will be on their mind. You pick it up. You just know they're thinking about it. And you can't eliminate some of it by the method in which you teach. Okay. Sister Rowe, did you have your hand up? I'm sorry. I, I thought I saw a hand over here someplace. Okay. Brother Everson? All right, somebody who's putting you off all the time. In other words, how to put them on the spot. <laughs> okay, you can write this down. We'll be dealing. See, we want to teach a special lesson, but we'll try to cover some of this. Okay, over here, Brother Reminder. How to close with conviction. And I think maybe that's the most important thing to, to, to learn. I do not finish the lesson myself. Uh in every case where the lesson is designed to be finished. And the reason why, because there's certain parts of the lesson in which I can finish with great conviction. And you always want to finish with conviction. How you finish determines largely their eagerness to get back into it the next week. All right. Any other any other comments? Okay. Okay, well, we'll be, all right, now, we're in the soul winning classes, we'll be talking about this. We're not trying to answer all the questions tonight as much as get the questions you'd like for us to deal with in these. Okay, Brother Manley.
All right, so you hear what Brother Manley is saying here. You might want to talk about that. There are certain things that I do in teaching that I've shared it with other ministers. They say, oh, no, I, man, no. There are certain things that I stress that maybe you wouldn't stress. And, of course, each pastor, each teacher will do it, uh, you know, differently. But the important thing is that, that you do it in a way in which it's productive, you know, for you. If you're, if you're winning souls, then you're, you're doing something right. But if you're not winning souls, uh, it might be that you, that there's just a fine line between your success and your failure. Maybe it's just something about the way you're doing it. Something that you're eliminating that you need. Okay, brother Steve. Okay, one thing we do talk about in the soul winning classes, you know, I have files in my office. I started uh, collecting data way back before I started preaching. Why? Because I was interested in winning people. Every person should start this. Now, you're going to have to go out uh, and look through your files occasionally and throw everything away because it gets out of date. You know, some of it you may want to keep, but some of the information that I, uh, you know, kept way back in, in the early 60s, there's been so much added to it and everything that it's not even hardly interesting anymore. So <clears throat> you need to start yourself a file. Okay, let's move on then. I'm, if you have other questions or things that you feel that we ought to deal with, we want to we want to deal with it. Okay, now we're going to we're going to make better use of the wind program. We're going to have to do this. That just simply means that that uh, we will be talking to church leaders and interested groups uh, during our Thursday night service. When is something we started a while back. <clears throat> we had the children's church downstairs, young people, and then we had an adult class. And we did go downstairs with the elders and the young preachers a few times. But uh, WIN, we worship to start with, the format of the service. Then we instruct, as I instructed you earlier, and then we go into the Word of the Lord, nourishment. The Word of God is is a, a delightful meal indeed. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Do you know that God is delicious? <clears throat> Praise God. That's what the Bible says. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So uh, we're going to have to make better use of that. And we do trust that we can get the children's church started up again. And uh, we started our Christian school which uh, we felt, after starting the Christian school, that it was not quite as vital as before. Why? Because the average child of Calvary Gospel Church is actually in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Getting a whole lot of teaching. So we didn't feel that if he's in class all day Thursday, it was necessary just to put him back in class again Thursday night. So I hope that you understand that. Uh, I believe any church with a Christian school that that draws largely from the from that church is not nearly in need of, of uh, children's sessions as a church that does not have a Christian school. All right? 
We want to make better use of the elder program. And I forgot to, to pull out our evangelistic uh, program. We do have our city divided up. Brother Armstrong moved down to down south, and we changed it around and, and several things. And uh, the intent of it uh, was to take the first phase that we build on. That's where you get the little slips on Thursday night. Some of you never do get slips, and you probably wonder why. Well, somebody just recently asked me, how come I never get a slip? Well, for one, we do try to consider the schedule of a person. If we got a person who's teaching three or four search for truths, we don't just like to load that person down with another visit. So we like to give it to, to people who are not visiting that will visit. Now, you know, the truth of the matter is, if we gave some of you ten, you wouldn't visit them. Because your records indicate that. Huh. Uh, <clears throat> I was very nice when I said that, wasn't I? But uh, some people are just not interested in, in, in winning anybody to the Lord. But... But for, uh, you know, the average person, when I say the average person, our church has a way above average uh, as far as people involved in search for truth and talking to people and winning people. But we will be adding people to the church board at our business meeting that will be held on Saturday night, the 22nd. And that's at 7 o'clock, and we want everybody here, okay? Everybody here, because we're going to be talking about Something's very exciting. We might just have a real Holy Ghost shout down that night. Praise God. But we will be talking about this, okay? So several new men will be added to our church board. And then, of course, this is in an area of teachers' training. We're talking basically about Sunday school. Brother Ron is our Sunday school principal. We have not had a teacher's clinic here in some time. And it's, it is necessary. In other words, I believe that everything we're involved in, whether it be bus ministry, whether it be Sunday school, youth program, or whatever, if you are a leader or a teacher or a participant, you need to give it your best. If Jesus Christ deserves to be anything in anybody's life, he deserves to be number one. Because nobody ever cared for you like Jesus. Nobody has been crucified for you but the Lord. Nobody's taking your sin away but Him. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If Jesus deserves to be anything, He deserves to be number one. Praise God. So regardless of what it is... If you need it. And, of course, we do have a choir clinic scheduled coming up. Music is something that can be very, very vital to a church. And, of course, Sister uh, Mormon is coming. Uh, Brother Mormon will be here for the Youth Week held in February. And, and the following week, Sister Mormon will be conducting a choral reading along with a choir clinic. While we do have choir and... We do appreciate that all that everybody's done. Sister Sue had uh, our musical Christmas time and such a beautiful rendition of this. It was just done superbly. Uh, and Brother Keith right now is uh, working in the interim period here. And, and then, of course, Sister Mormon will be coming just for that week. And uh, she's all excited about it. I just talked to Brother Mormon the other day and could confirm the date with him. 
Uh, we had tentatively set the date, but uh, there will be a choral reading and several songs, and we're going to advertise and have a Sunday night musical. And uh, <clears throat> but uh, uh, we're we're going to try as much as possible to get as much productivity out of everything that we do as we possibly can. We need a splash of success in everybody's life. You need to know that what you're doing is working. One of the most discouraging things is to be yoked with something that you don't enjoy, and secondly, that doesn't do you any good or anybody else any good. And uh, this is the reason why that I feel that this is necessary. Do you know of any other area of on-the-job training? Now, as I said, now all of this is not really on-the-job training. We really want to take... Uh, uh, many of these areas and put that right on the job with you. For an example, uh, it would be good if we had uh, elders of our church, uh, young ministers of our church, or various uh, soul winners who are good uh, to to take somebody who's not so good and teach them uh, how to talk to people about the Lord. Uh, if you are not so good at teaching search for truth and you haven't done it, be good for you to sit in a lesson or so with somebody who's taught it so that you really see what they're doing. As much as you try to practice in a classroom type setting, you will never be able to garner the experience that you need until you, you know, you get out on the field. It's just, that's a must. Can you think of in some other areas? Brother Manley, can you think of something offhand that we might just add to this that we're in need of? Leadership training. We are going to, I didn't go into that, but this area right here, I've got a series of things that I want to talk about. Of course, I'm not going to do all the teaching. You know, uh, I'm just so very glad that we do have good qualified men, and many of them who can lead and help you in so many different areas and that's a blessing it's a real blessing I have never felt that I had to do everything sometimes I don't do enough but uh, I really do uh, appreciate but leadership training that's that's great okay any other area that you we, we didn't include bus minister but the Kurt's here but we we did talk about that in this area we will be okay over here sister Kathy Jail ministry. Now, here's what we uh, decided on jail ministry. Inasmuch as we've got rest home and campus and bus ministry and search for truth and and a good number of ministers like this, it is difficult now to get into the, to the jail. Very difficult. Uh, until such a time that somebody comes along with a real burning desire and a calling for that, we're not going to start any additional ministries. We're going to try to take the ministers we have and we're going to try to to use them and make them productive. However, if somebody comes along who says, Brother Grant, jail ministry is just for me, then uh, naturally we would like to start one. Okay, several hands went up. There was another hand back here someplace. Okay, Brother uh, Richard Brown. Okay, teaching the student how to pray. You know, I prayed a boy through the baptism of the Holy Ghost one time that looked at me 
and said, I don't know how to pray. And he kind of startled me. I said, what do you mean? He said, I never prayed in my life. I, never? Nope. I said, you've got to be kidding. When you're afraid or something like you never prayed? No. I said, well, just follow me. Just say what I'm saying. That's how I started him. So I just started praying and I stopped every now and he was following. Would you believe, now listen to this. That boy was so sincere and so honest with God that while he was praying the prayer that I was praying, the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost and he'd never in his life heard anybody talk in tongues. Never. Praise God. Now there's no glory to me in that. That boy was hungry for God. Praise God. But he just started repeating. Just repeating right with me. Now, I want to give you just a few tips on witnessing here. Because a lot of people are talking about the Lord. And then we're going to go home after we have prayed. A few tips on witnessing. I believe that God initially puts a burning desire in everybody's heart to tell about Him. I do not think that you can properly repent. Without a zeal to witness. Second Corinthians 7 and 11. I believe bears witness to that. That when you properly repent. There is a zeal that's put in you. There is a vehement. Burning red hot desire. To, to get back at the devil. There's a revenge in, in, in you. At least that's what Paul says, and I believe what he said is inspired. Now, so when you're fully repented, if, if you don't exercise that, you know, it's like anything else. You remember things, and you remember them well if you keep telling them. Now, I can remember things as far back as when I was two years old. Now, a lot of people can't. Now, a couple of little things happened. I remember when my dad left from my grandfather's house to, the, to go into the army in World War II. I was two years old. Now, I remember that. I remember him coming home one time on furlough. And I remember that uh, he brought some dolls home. And one of them was a little soldier, kind of a G.I. Joe, you know. And he gave it to me. I thought that was a replica of my dad. Now, I will probably never forget that if I live to be a hundred. Why? Because occasionally I tell it. But you know, if you stop telling, you stop remembering. See, knowledge is something. In order to retain it, you have to share it. And so, if God puts this zeal in you, and he puts everything else in you, and you don't tell it. And you don't use it, it quenches, it's quenched, it dies in you. And it's like plaster Paris. It hardens on, on, and you can't revive it. This is the reason why that, you know, if you spent 15 or 20 years in a church and you haven't started witnessing, the chances are you will never start. And that's sad. For very rarely do you ever see a person just jump up in the middle of their life and say, I decided I'm going to talk about Jesus. They become so ingrained in their uh, inhibitions and such 
that they can't get out of it. And this is the reason why that that teaching of new converts, instructing them, the stewardship classes and, and such, is so very vital. It is, it's necessary. God did not save you just for you to sit around. And if you properly repent, there will be a zeal in you to tell people about the Lord. There will be a revenge in you. There really will be. There will be a desire in you. It's there. What clearing, Paul says, takes place. You know, in repentance, some things have to be cleared out in order for other things to to come in. But uh, when you properly repent, it'll, it'll come back. It really will. But you see, it's like the man who's been up the altar and prayed for a hundred times over a particular sickness. Then they try to get him to believe that God can heal him after he's been prayed for a hundred times. Now that's pretty hard to do. You know, as much as you try to believe God, there's certain things that you can, you can get sick and maybe you just didn't manifest the healing and you've been prayed for a number of times. Now, I'm supposed to go up and believe God. And then all of a sudden, during one service, you'll receive your healing. But it's like when we have an evangelist or something that just takes a different approach and just rattles the daylights out of you. Where you realize, hey, I need to believe God! And all of a sudden, you become very daring. And so you make a fresh start. And you're healed. Praise God. Now... It's necessary that you witness. I'm going to make this very brief and uh, right to the point. One of the first things you need to do in order to, to properly witness is you've got to be prepared. If you're not prepared, you won't witness. You've got to be looking for somebody. Now, you're not just going to accidentally tell somebody about, somebody about Jesus. <clears throat> you're not going to do that. Now... I want to tell you a little story that, that uh, Sue Turner shared with me prior to her death. And uh, it was Sister Debbie Dahl that talked to her about the Lord. Well, you see, she found out that she had cancer from the university, maybe not from the university hospital. I think it was down in Iowa when she came up here for treatments and such. But she told me that, that she was praying one day. I asked her about her experience. She said she was praying one day and the Lord spoke to her. To go down to the lake. And she went down to Lake Mendota. And while she was down there. And that was back during the summer if you remember. She looked down at the water. And the Lord just. Just like he leaped right out of the water. And and spoke to her about water. In relation to salvation. And told her that that somebody was wanting to talk to her. Or needing to talk to her. She went back to the university hospital. Not really knowing what to, to do went inside of the meditation room and when she went in, Sister Debbie was praying. And Sister Debbie saw her and saw that this girl appeared to be nervous and have a need. And the first thing that Sister Debbie started talking to her about was water baptism. She knew then that God had confirmed that this was the young lady that was to talk to her about salvation. 
She came out to church, was baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. God did not choose to heal Sue as we all wanted God to do. But you see, Sue, as far as we know, is resting in the hands of God today because somebody was prepared to witness. If Debbie Dahl would have missed that chance that day, Sue would not be saved. Praise God. And you've got to be prepared. Now, both spiritually and physically. Now, man is made up of the spirit and also the body. Let's talk first about spiritually, prayed up. You've got to be prayed up in order to talk to people about the Lord. You can't just follow some kind of a fad. In other words, it's, uh, it's important that we talk to people about the Lord so you can leave out of here and say, I need to talk to people. There's more involved in that. It's got to become ingrained in you. Because, you see, your level of productivity will not be dependent upon how much you know you ought to do it but how prepared you are to do it. You've got to have the Holy Ghost running in you. You've got to feel it. When you pray, you've got to feel it. Have you ever got down to pray and you just, oh, it was like electricity? You worship? Now, some of you who are guests here tonight, maybe you've never been in an apostolic church. Didn't you feel something when we clapped our hands tonight? You may say, I didn't. Now, come on now. The Lord wouldn't want to catch you telling something like that in, a, in church. I mean, you felt it, didn't you? See? And this is what Christians need to feel. They need to feel this vibrant spirit of the Lord. Prayed up, fasted up. You're having problems with your flesh. And some people come in and talk to me and say, I've got all kinds of problems with the flesh. Got bad thoughts, accusations against my brothers and such. Have you fasted lately? No, no, that's what I thought. See, that's what I thought. You see, fasting was not meant to improve your relationship with God. Listen to me. Fasting was meant to get yourself out of the way so that you can meet God and then improve your relationship. Isn't it true that when you're fasting, sometimes you don't feel God as much as you do when you go back to eating? Why? Because you see, fasting doesn't help God at all. It kills you. And friend, when you're dying, it's painful. And sometimes you feel a million miles away from God. But you see, you are preparing yourself for an exciting adventure in the Lord that you'd never have without it. So fasting was designed to move the flesh. Prayer was designed to move God. Well, they do go hand in hand. You need to pray, and then you need to move into an area of true worship and, and, uh, and such with the Lord. But if you can't do that, and you're feeling that my prayers are, you know, I just can't seem to burst through. Fast. Get a hold of God. Move yourself out of the way. Okay? And then, of course, you need to be read up. Pray that and read up. <clears throat> What do you mean read up? You reading your Bible? You know, we didn't read our Bible scripture tonight, did we? Isn't that terrible?
But you see, if you haven't been hearing much and you haven't been reading much, there's nothing. See? And haven't you been amazed before when you felt the electrifying spirit of the Lord come out of you and all of a sudden scriptures just began to roll? You know, that's a beautiful thing. It just came out of you. How many of you have experienced that? There's nothing in all the world more exciting. And after it's all over with, and the person leaves, you think, wow, was that me? You know? Did I actually do that? Man, my mind was sharper than it's ever been. Well, you see, God's more interested in that person being saved than you are. I don't care how much you fast and pray, the Lord's more interested than you are. So please keep that in mind. Okay, now, so, spiritually, prayed up and read up, physically sprayed up. Now, <laughs> the reason why that I put this here, because I think that Christians ought to have some dignity about themselves. There ought to be a splash of success in, in your living. I mean, don't go in there looking like you've been run over by 14 freight trains and the devil. Really, you know, we said that you need to win people to yourself. This is true. And they ought to feel more than they smell. No, I'm serious. Sometime when you're teaching, you've got to get real close to someone. If you're teaching a man, there are times when, let's say he wants to pray and you get down there and, and uh, you know, water's cheap. And soap don't cost much. And Christians ought to have underarm deodorant and spray colognes and such. Well, I know some people say, oh, but in the book of Isaiah, the... Second chapter, it says, you know, the, the Lord pronounced a curse upon the daughters of Zion, and the Lord's going to replace their sweet smell with a stench. You know, that's in the Bible. But now that's the curse of God upon you. You don't want people going there and think you've been cursed of God. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, don't go the opposite pole. You know, I'm not saying spend $65 an ounce. For something, that's what you know. Don't. I'm not saying get extravagant, but uh, but I think that I really think that this is very very important. You know, if you are working someplace and you're going to teach in a working man, and there's no way that you can avoid it, it's all right to stop by somebody's place and teach them in your work clothes and such. But but if you've had an hour or so where you can take a shower and put something on that smells nice and such. Now, this is getting right down to the nitty-gritty. Okay, <clears throat> so you should be sprayed up and dressed up. Uh, and another thing, too, you know, if you're praying people through the Holy Ghost, you need to keep some, or if you're dealing with people, you need to keep some certs or something in your in your pocket. Uh, <laughs> did you know what I did one time? I was praying with a man who had such bad breath that I, I couldn't have faith that he received the Holy Ghost. And, and so I stopped him uh, and, and I said, uh, no offense, but uh, I said, <laughs> now this is the, you know, now this is the gospel truth if I've ever told it. I told him, I said, you know, if you brush your teeth, uh, I, would, 
I would really believe that the Lord to fill you with the Holy Ghost. So he told me, he said, well, I don't have a toothbrush. Well, I suspected that. <laughs> I, went, I went home and got Sister Gramps. <laughs> I told him, I said, now, she had a new one at home. and It had been used. But I told him, I said, now, this man didn't care. Uh, I said, uh, I'm going to baptize you. And I just cannot see the, the Lord, as beautiful as tongues and as beautiful as his presence and spirit is, uh, you need to keep your 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 breath uh, a little fresher. Does that sound cruel? Well, it just so happens this man I was praying with, he wasn't a newcomer to the faith. He had been in our church a long time. He just couldn't receive the Holy Ghost. But I know this. When I first started praying for the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't go down to the altar because I knew there was a, there was a brother in the church who was a minister, and his breath was so bad. Wow. Really, I tried. I gagged. I gag at anything anyway. And here I was down there gagging. They thought I was sick and anointing with oil and everything. And it was just somebody's breath. Oh. You think this is too personal? It's too personal to talk about? Is it? Well, we need to talk about it just a little bit longer. Really. You know, and if you've got problems with uh, your teeth or such and... Really, it, you don't want anything as simple to take care of as a bad breath or, or just personal hygiene to keep somebody out of the kingdom. Uh, I have uh, had to talk to some people since I've been pastoring about, about uh, personal things, and it's never easy. Talked to a man one time. I said, you know, brother, I said, you just need to take a bath. He said, well, if you don't want me coming here... I said, I didn't say anything about you dropping out of church. I'm talking about taking a bath. There's a vast difference. You know? But you know what? He dropped out of church. He'd rather drop out of church than take a bath. You know? I couldn't understand that. He said, well, we don't have any water at our house. I said, that may be true, but there's three feet of snow outside. If you bring it inside, it melts. You know? It's a, you know, it's a very simple thing to take care of. You know, I'm serious with you. When you're talking eye to eye with somebody... And especially when you're instructing people. You know, as a minister, we get in the tank up there. we got to get in the tank. And, and uh, we put our arms around men. And we whisper in their ear and give them instructions. We get ladies in, in the tank. And some of you ladies are there and praying with them and such. And uh, It's just, uh, it's a must. It is a must. So, I mean, if you're teaching in a Sunday school or... Or working on a bus ministry or teaching a search for truth. Uh, keep this in mind. That's very, very important. Very important. Now, why, is, why all this? Because, you see, you want to make yourself holiness. You know, the old proverb, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not a scripture, but it sure makes sense. You see, the whole point of this is to make yourself so obscure that while you're praying, they, they don't think about you. They think about Jesus. See? See, they got to get their their mind on nail prints, not armpits. See? And this is just the way it works. Really, you don't want to be a hindering factor. You don't want to be a hindering factor. These are just a few tips that I feel that I need to put in. I had other things that I wanted to go into, but uh, we'll have another night to cover it. But you know, God is so good, isn't he? He is so good. And he is so wonderful. And he's done such a great work. 
in, in our lives. And He's going to work in other people's lives. Praise God. Praise God. And you see, when you see somebody like, like uh, Sister Debbie, who went to Sue and talked with Sue about her soul and about baptism, and she's baptized in Jesus' name, and then just a few short months later, she slips out into eternity. Folks, if this is worth anything, it's worth giving our all to. Praise God. If Jesus Christ deserves to be anything in your life, He deserves to be number one. Praise God. If you can train hours and hours on a job to develop skills, why not do the same thing in the house of God? If you can spend days and days and days preparing yourself for some physical feats that maybe you may try to accomplish, why in the world can't we fast and pray and get a hold of God? Now, I'm not saying that you're not because we have so many people. We're doing what we're doing because people are requesting it. We're doing what we're doing because people are coming and saying, I want to be a better soul winner. I want to win more people, Brother Grant. I want to teach more search for truth. I want to be more productive. I want to work on my time schedule. I want to work on my activities. I want to weed out non-productive things. And I want productivity in my life. I want to be successful. My brother just told me on the phone the other day. He said, Brother Grant, my desire is when the trumpet blows to hear the Lord say, Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. He said, if you can ever find anything to help me with, would you tell me? Praise God, folks. We're walking down the road of life for one time. This is not a trial run. When we cross beyond this life, there's no return. It's got to be right. This time. I feel the Lord, don't you? Hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel His presence. Jesus, you're so good. To know, Lord, that you're not a million miles away, but you're right here in this place is a comforting thought indeed, Lord. For when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he shall lead you into all truths. And Jesus, I thank you. You're the spirit of truth. You're the way, the truth, and the life. You'll take Calvary Gospel Church by the hand and you'll lead us, Lord. But we don't want to put our feet down and refuse to move. We want to move where the Spirit leads us. Hallelujah. I feel that somebody would like to come to the altar right now and pray. There's not a real heavy spirit here, but there's a spirit of deep concern about our lives. We just want to be better than what we've been in the past. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. And it's not that conviction's all over the place, but just people are interested. They're interested in being better soul winners, better workers, better laborers in the vineyard of the Lord. Oh, praise God. If you're here as a guest and the Spirit of the Lord's moving upon you, salvation is free without cost. God doesn't charge you a thing. Praise God, praise God. The rest of you, why don't you just lean forward in your pew there. And, or perhaps turn around and kneel right where you are. Let's talk to the Lord.
Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God, I just love you, Lord, so much. Praise you, God. I 